recorded live from the lobby of the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Wedding Dish, which is brought to you over full-service radio, normally at the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, D.C., but we're recording remotely until we can safely return to the hotel um, post-coronavirus. So um, we can't wait. We miss it. It's so beautiful, but we are very lucky to still be able to um, bring the podcast to you. Uh, The Wedding Dish is the essential podcast where we chat with married or engaged couples, wedding professionals, and we read listeners' stories or answer questions on our mini-episodes. You will hear tips and tricks from the planning process to the celebration to heartwarming moments and pretty much everything in between. As always, um, you will gain inspiration and you're going to get to learn about building a business. That's Sarah Alpin, host of The Wedding Dish and CEO of District Bliss and Photos from the Hardy. And that is Christina Curry, creative and marketing extraordinaire of uh, Sprout Creative, and I have to mention Operation Rainbow Sprout because even though that is not on my little thing that I'm supposed to say, it is an awesome nonprofit organization that Christina is part of, and she's also on the District Bliss team, um, and today's guest co-host of The Wedding Dish. Unfortunately, we do not have our little Frenchy friend Cluso in his podcasting chair, which you can actually see behind me. Um, because he wanted to lay in the sun down in the front room. (laughs) But that's all right. He's here in spirit. (laughs) Uh, Before we get started, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, you need to check it out, especially if you're a dog or a pet person. We talked with Joy, um, and she spreads joy with puppies. She gave us tons of tips and tricks and ideas on how to incorporate pets into your own wedding. And, um, oh my gosh, she has some super cute stories, so you definitely need to go listen to that episode. Thanks, everyone, for tuning into the show, listening, and engaging with The Wedding Dish. Yes, we are so excited today to um, bring you Lonnie and Kyle. They are amazing stylists in the DMV area. And we're going to dish about their, uh, well, one upcoming wedding, one wedding that already happened, and also their lives as entrepreneurs. Thanks for being here on The Wedding Dish. How are you guys doing? Thank you. I'm doing okay. How about yourself, Lonnie? Um, I am good. I am good. Kids are occupied. I'm hiding in my closet. Life is good. (laughs) (laughs) And we have a snoring pug behind Christina, which is always yeah. good. I apologize ahead of time. He can be loud. <laughs> yes, my dog is currently headed out of the apartment with my fiance to leave me alone. So, <laughs> so ladies, tell us a little bit about your business. When did you get started? Well, I have had the business for about 14 years. I started it in 2006 in New York, actually, and then moved it to D.C. when I got married in 2010. So I was actually planning a wedding, two weddings, actually. We had two weddings in different cities while living in a third city. (laughs) 
Whoa. <laughs> and moving my business at the same time. And wow. Kyle has been with me since 2013, right, Kyle? Yes. 2013. So, yes. So, um, to, yeah. So she has been with me for, um, at this point, seven and a half years. And I couldn't live without her. So, yeah, we are a luxury style consulting firm. We work with private clients. Normally, we see them in person. But right now, um, we, of course, are all virtual, seeing where things are going over the next few months, if that's going to change. We also have a blog that I started in 2011. Um, that is pretty popular called Real Life Style. And we have an online e-course. Oh, cool. I didn't realize you had an online e-course. Yeah, it's on demand. So you can sign up for it whenever you want. It's called Where, Where Your Power. Oh, cool. And we also give a corporate presentation called Where Your Power you know, with some of the same principles. Um, which, of course, formerly we gave it in offices, in conference rooms and such. I mean, we've given it to up to 100 people um, and even to 10 people. So it's a really flexible, amazing presentation that is a ton of fun, actually, um, as a way to address dressing appropriately in the office, but in a non-threatening, non-intimidating, fun way with your employees, um, which in addresses men and women also. But recently we did it on Zoom for the first time and it was shockingly effective and fun. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. And yeah. I just, I knew this going in, but I just noted, like, realized in my brain that you are broadcasting from the real lifestyle closet as a stylist. <laughs> You're happy, please. <laughs> that is true. Although, actually, it is not the real lifestyle closet because we have a closet in our office for our office closet. So, this is just my personal closet. It's um, your real life closet. <laughs> it is Lottie's real life closet. That's so fun. So what is the coolest thing about having a business where the two of you are creating? Kyle? Um, well, I have kind of evolved with the business, which has been really great. So I turn 30 in about six months. And so Ooh. I've been here for all of my 20s and have really grown with Lonnie as my mentor. And I really can't picture my life any other way at this point. Um, being able to have a creatively fulfilling job with a boss who allows me to um, have my own free uh, expression with my clients has been really a blessing. And I know that Lonnie created this business with that exact purpose for herself and um, to be able to give that to employees. I love that. That's yep. so cool. Yeah. And uh, we really get to work with some of the most amazing women in the D.C. area. So it's been nothing short of, you know, a great career for us um, in terms of being able to flex the entrepreneurial skills and 
also have a creative outlet. Um, it's been quite difficult having that creative outlet of in-person, touching clothes, making outfits taken away over the last few months. One of the best elements of our business is our interaction with these incredible women that we work with. I mean, just people who are really active in, you know, politics in different ways and really creating change in the world or just, you know, standing up for themselves and other women at work um, or just doing their thing of, you know, running their families, whatever it is, we just have the most incredible clients. And that is part of what makes going to work such a pleasure every day is we love spending time with the clients that we have. And we couldn't do this if we didn't, you know, I mean, what I, what was actually really difficult for me when I came from New York is I kept meeting people who were trying to take me to these, and I was a lot younger then, and I didn't have kids, so they were trying to take me to these parties in Georgetown with like these socialite girls, and you know, it's not like there's anything wrong with that, but I was trying to be like, no, 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 you don't understand, that's not what this is about. Like, yes, I love clothes, but like, it's not about the clothes, it's about the people. Um, so, yeah, it was really, it took me a while to kind of get that across here. Um, and it, it was actually very hard for me to break into the market here. And I always tell people that I'm so upfront about it because I don't want to make it sound easy because if it's hard for somebody else, I don't want them to think there's something wrong with them. Like I came from people say like, oh, if you make, can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. Well, I was established in New York. I worked for another company for seven years. And then um, I did something else for about 14 months. And then I actually only started my business because I got laid off. I thought like, okay, I'm done with styling. I'm going to um, be a marketing manager, which is what my degree was in from Parsons and design marketing. And then I got laid off and I was like, well, gotta pay my rent, <laughs> job. <laughs> this is my skill. People are going to pay me for it. I still had clients from, you know, my old job calling me and being like, will you work with me? And of course I was like, no, no, no. But then I was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> need money. Okay. And then I literally accidentally started my own business because after, you know, I continued to look for a new marketing job and then just like woke up one day after nine months and was like, wait a minute, I'm really happy. I'm getting paid to make women feel good about themselves this is what I was always meant to do my whole life. Like I always thought I was wrong when I thought it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. It was just that I got to, I had gotten to the point in my career after being with my old company for seven years where it just needed to be me making the decisions and doing it on my terms. But I, I had no idea. Like that was just not in my head at all. I could not, it was just not in my conscience at all. I could like that. I couldn't find that until I was put in the position, until I was literally doing the job and had found my own health insurance and had to start putting things in QuickBooks. Like I literally started the business before I was like, oh, right, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Oh um, my God, I love you, it. And I was like, no, I do not want my own business. I saw what my <laughs> bosses went through. I saw how hard it was for them. Like, I never want that. I need a steady paycheck. That is not my bag at all. And then, you know, not only did I start my business, but then after 
you know, only, I guess, three and a half years that I started it all over again in DC. I love it. That's so cool. And Kyle, did you always know that you wanted to do this or did you have kind of a similar experience? Uh, it was similar in the sense that, so I always was the, like one of my friends who was dressing them and overdressed for any occasion, et cetera. And so when I turned 16, I started working in retail at a clothing store. It was just a small, um, chain of stores in DC that I had actually had connections with because both my parents met working there. So oh, cool. it was a very, like, meaningful transition into the workforce and I loved it. I never wanted to leave. Um, when I went to college at American University in DC, I grew up in Annapolis, that's where I worked. Um, I wanted to keep working at the Georgetown store. Uh, they offered me a manager position at the M Street location. I was ready to take it. So I always knew that it was something that I was fully interested in pursuing, but I wasn't exactly sure how that was going to translate into after college, especially considering I was going to American University. I was studying uh, communications. I was studying public relations and marketing. So I was just kind of like, okay, we'll see where this takes me. I met Lonnie my last semester of college. Um, and started interning with her and we hit it off. We became fashion partners in crime and I, and slowly but surely she was like, so, you know, this is what you can do. You realize that, right? Like this could be your career. And it, it, again, I had been working with her for like a year or two at this point. And I'm like, this is, this is my career. This is what's happening. I'm already doing it. Um, so it was similar in that aspect, but, um, it's funny how I, I didn't actually see how that was going to translate my love of fashion into my job forever until I was actually doing it. <laughs> that is so fascinating. How cool. Yeah. And how did you two meet, just out of curiosity? Um, a former intern of hers connected me with her. So it was like a friend of a friend situation. Um, and I was actually studying abroad in Copenhagen uh when they connected us um so it was kind of funny like the day I got back I interviewed with her <laughs> I had just gotten over like the flu and I was like okay I'm coming I'm driving to DC <laughs> the number one thing that people always asked me when I was in New York because the company that I worked for in New York it's called visual therapy they're still a very large business they have offices in multiple cities I mean I was their first employee as the unpaid intern when their business was about six months old. I mean, at this point, we're talking 23 years ago. <laughs> um, and they, I mean, they're, like I said, they're huge now. Um, but at the time, they had just started. And as I was, you know, moving up the ranks, people constantly how did you get in there? How did you get your job? Which people are still constantly asking or now constantly asking Kyle. And we both have the same answer. Like I started as the unpaid intern. And so it is interesting that we both have that same story, except of course, for me, there was no Facebook. So it was I read an article in Harper's Bazaar about the first luxury personal styling firm in New York. And of course, this was literally the first time somebody used the term personal stylist 
in print, I think, of Stephen Gann in Harper's Bazaar when he was just doing um, Visionaire. And I read this article and was like, this is the unnamed thing that I've always wanted to do with my life that nobody else has put together the way their business was put together, that they also did special events and fashion shows and worked with private clients, but on this luxury level, not like weird cheesy image consultant of the eighties, let me do your colors kind of thing, which is where things were really at this point. I mean, this is 1996 that I'm talking about. And, um, I, or 90, sorry, 97, 1997. And I was just like, I, this is it. If I don't work here, I'll die. You know, like I need this as my summer for credit internship after junior year, but I had to call them on the phone, not even email, call them <laughs> on the phone. And um, I called them and I left them multiple messages. And of course they did not call me back. <laughs> And then I was talking to my department head at Parsons and I was like, oh, they didn't call me back. She's like, well, how many times did you call? I called, you know, twice or whatever. And, you know, she's like, who cares? Call them again. <laughs> I called again. And I got the interview. And the rest nice. of and this is my career 23 years later. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. Everything about that story is so good. Yeah. And I yeah. think what I both did as the unpaid intern is that we just made ourselves indispensable. Like we just made it so they could not live without us. <laughs> and and so at the end of the six months of my internship, um, the timing was very serendipitous. Lonnie was pregnant with her seconds and I was I started taking over a few different aspects of the business. I even started babysitting for her first uh, child and just really like integrated myself with her life and became her right hand woman. And she was like, you can't leave. Like you have to start working part time or something. Like we have to figure this out. <laughs> and she was graduating and I was like, you cannot leave. Yeah. <laughs> and that's so yeah. smart. Yeah. So smart. Tell us a little bit about, like, have you worked in, like, specifically with weddings? Um, and do you have any stories surrounding weddings that you'd like to share? Yeah. So um, we have this one client we started working with in her early 30s, and she was single. And um, she, we were like, okay, well, we're going to, you know, get you ready for dating. We're going to find you some cute date outfits. We're going to, she was very focused on work. She literally owned zero pairs of jeans. She owns no casual clothes. So we were like, you need at least one casual outfit for every Sunday. And anyway, long story short, she eventually met someone, started dating, knew it was right immediately and was like, I'm going to need your help we're going to get married. We're engaged. Our wedding is in four months. Um, so they got married around Christmas time, New Year's time, and their wedding was April like second or third. And we were like challenge accepted. Okay. Like we met, uh, over happy hour and we're like, okay, so what are you going to wear? What is he going to wear? Who is XYZ going to wear? And they both have large families. So 
she is the youngest of five and he has a one sister and then there is um many nieces and nephews to be clear there's 13 nieces and nephews all of which she wanted to be in the bridal party um and oh my God. from the ages of like newborn like just started breathing <laughs> to like 14 years old so um that that consumed our life for that four months and we took her wedding dress shopping we even made her a custom topper for her wedding dress uh we took him custom tuck shopping uh helped decide on all the accoutrement the lining etc shoes oh yeah don't forget his shoes uh he is actually the best part of all of this is that he is the one that's into fashion and so we like to give ourselves a pat on the back because she could not be less interested in fashion. <laughs> but now that she met someone who was, she was like, okay, I have to step it up. And so when we went shoe shopping for him and found a pair of black glitter Jimmy Choo smoking slippers um, to go with his navy and black tuxedo from uh, Suit Supply. It was, it was amazing, and um, the whole thing came together flawlessly. All the kids had their matching tuxes and um, dresses, and it was a whole thing. The whole, every single child had to have returns done because they were growing out of their clothes like, as we were doing it. Some girls had to have theirs tailored. We were like there three days before the wedding, pinning the straps on, on a six-year-old's dress so that it wouldn't fall off when she was walking down the aisle to get it tailored within 24 hours. <laughs> but that was definitely our biggest production in terms of weddings. All the other weddings that we've done have been much more low-key, low low-maintenance. Um, we found some amazing outfits for brides. And um, recently we've done a few mother of the brides. So we've had um, women reach out to us because they're not interested in fashion, but they know this is going to be a huge photographed event. They don't wanna let their children down. They don't wanna ask the bride, what should I wear? They're already dealing with enough. And so that is where we come in. And you know, there's never just what you're gonna wear to the wedding. It's also, what are you gonna wear to the rehearsal dinner? What are you gonna wear to the engagement party? What are you gonna wear to X, Y, Z? All of which are gonna be photographed. And so that is where we come in and help take all the stress off of the bride. Yeah, cause that's something I didn't think about when I got married. I, I didn't think about my shower, what I was gonna wear. I didn't think about the rehearsal dinner. I didn't think about like anything other than just the wedding. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh crap, I have to find something to wear. And like, I've now been working out more than I've been working out normally. So everything like looks different on me. <laughs> and that's a huge uh, challenge as well because everyone's body changes before their wedding, then it changes right after their wedding. And then, you know, so so having to like readjust the client's eye for what's going to look good for them then is is also a huge part of the job. Yeah, that must be really difficult, but also really fun. Like what a cool thing to be able to do to like help shift the way people are thinking into like, you know, I, yeah. that just, how often do people actually get to do that in life normally? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's a huge, part of the job that makes us feel so satisfied is being able to change the way that someone views themselves and to really elevate their confidence to a whole nother level. 
I mean, in the wedding industry and just for work or, you know, running around with the kids. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's a it all huge change deal. the mindset, like the exterior and the interior. Exactly. exactly. That's a very cool transformation. <laughs> Yeah, and what's also really cool is going through all the different life cycles with people of, you know, when someone's saying, you know, I've just gone through a really bad breakup and we make them feel better about themselves after that and give themselves confidence to date and then we're making date outfits and then they get engaged and then they're getting married and then they're getting pregnant and we're going you know we're really good at maternity and we're really good at postpartum so we're like going through all of the life cycles um and then you know it's like you know and again i've been at this now for so long i have clients where it's like, you know, when I met them, their kids were little, and then I'm dressing the moms when the kids are getting bar and bat mitzvahed, and, you know, just going through all of this. Um, we have one client in New York who I uh, started working with her when she was about to go back, um, come back from maternity leave with her second child, and I remember, you know, the child, she was three months old and she was like nursing her on the floor of her big walk-in closet when I was there the first time. And now the, um, the baby will be a senior in high school this fall. <laughs> and she has been plotting already for a year for us to take her shopping before she goes to college. <laughs> Which is the most flattering compliment you can ever have for a 17 year old to want us to dress her. We were like, we're so excited. Right. And I was like, oh, she just wants Kyle because, you know, Kyle's like the cool one. And she's like, no, I really want to make sure Lonnie's there too. Like, I want Lonnie, I want Lonnie and Kyle. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I feel so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's so, what a special relationship you have with so many of your clients that you get to travel through all of these phases of life. Yeah. I mean, that's really yeah. what our business is about is these long-term relationships. It's not like, okay, we've done your closet. Now we're moving on to the next. I mean, not that we don't get people who only need, you know, the one time, you know, the one season or two seasons and then they're good to go. We do. And we love working with everybody. But we really treasure these, you know, long-term relationships that we have with people. Well, that's why it's real lifestyle. Exactly. You get it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, my gosh. Well, let's talk a little bit about your weddings and soon-to-be weddings. Ooh, yeah. How about Lonnie? Let's talk about your wedding. How did you guys meet? What did it look like? Oh my. Okay. Um, <laughs> honestly, we are such a good story and we have so many, so I'm going to try to keep it really brief. Um, I had, I actually didn't even meet him in person right away. My husband was my sister's coworker. And I was um, going through a bad breakup and I used to call her office crying and he would pick up the phone. Oh, we met in person, if you can imagine. This is her identical twin sister, by the way. Yes, my identical twin sister. <laughs> it makes the story better. And then 
I came to visit her um, in DC. I was, of course, living in New York. I came to visit and I went to her office and um, the, I opened the door and someone's head peeks out from around the corner. And for an instant, my eyes meet somebody else's matching hazel eyes and the world stops. And then that's it. The moment's gone. And then I find out, oh, that's Michael, my coworker, the one who's been answering the phone. And then the next day he comes over for Shabbat lunch at my sister's house. And, you know, we get along, he's nice, but like, that's it. You know, my sister is like, so what about Michael? And I'm like, how old is he? <laughs> he's a child. And I, I was 30 and she's like, he's 24. And I'm like, how long has he been 24? Three weeks. <laughs> we're <laughs> Actually, I was 29. Sorry, I was 29. I was 29. So we're five and a half years different from each other. And I mean, I hadn't, I didn't, I lived in New York. I dated people 10 years older than me, right? So I didn't date anyone 24 when I was 20. <laughs> My boyfriend was 30 when I was 20. That's how it goes. Anyway, so that was not happening. And then that was over the summer. And then at one point, we started emailing about something it all happened over Gchat, is all I have to say. The old <laughs> Gchat. We opened a Gchat window to him. And that was like the beginning of the end. Three months of talking on the phone till two in the morning and Gchatting with each other and becoming really good friends over the phone. I came down to DC to be like, is this something? And um, it was. It literally, like, that was it. Within two weeks, I was, like, telling him I loved him, and I was done for. We didn't get engaged for, like, three years. I was still... <laughs> um, I was still cleaning up the mess of my previous relationship. So I'm making it sound, like, all cute and perfect, but it was actually really hard and really difficult. And... I think the reason why we have such an amazing marriage and where we didn't have any bumps in the road whatsoever, like our first year is because we went through so much in the, in those three years when we were just dating. Um, and we just, we had to work it all out then. And he really had to be there for me when I was putting the pieces of my life back together and it was actually good that we were long distance. He was in grad school. I was um, starting my business. I started my business right when we, like officially, right when we started dating. So we both really needed our space. So the whole thing just really worked out. Um, and oh, and uh, side note, we got engaged in Lafayette Park where all the, everything is going on right now. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> um, so we actually had a really quick engagement. I was somebody who never, ever dreamed about my wedding, couldn't picture any part of it. Mm -hmm. Oh, good to hear. I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, I, I hate to be the center of attention more than anything. Um, to the point where I had a 25th birthday party and halfway through, I was like, oh my gosh, what have I done? And like, never, and like wanted to send everybody home. So I was like, <laughs> the thought of a wedding 
I couldn't. And, and it actually got in the way. It was really hard for me because like we'd be picking out flowers or something. And I just kind of wanted to be like, yeah, you just make like, I just can't, you know, I just, I couldn't, I didn't want to. And then I had to be like, no, you need to make these decisions. You need to have an opinion. You need to, you know, it, it was just, it was so hard for me. Um, and so the funny thing is for somebody who didn't want to be the center of attention and didn't want to go through all of this, I had two weddings and three showers in multiple cities. Oh my God. <laughs> that is out of control. <laughs> I had a shower in New York with my friends and clients. Did you wear the same thing to all of the weddings? Great question. <laughs> Great question. I wore different outfits for all the showers and I wore two dresses for the wedding festivities in DC and the same two dresses for the wedding festivities in Chicago. And that worked out really well. I wore a white satin cocktail dress essentially um, for our civil ceremony in DC and the religious ceremony in Chicago, and I wore a red satin Alberta Freddy dress for the dinner after the ceremony in DC and um, a party that we had in Chicago. So it actually really worked out. Um, my, I didn't even want to go wedding dress shopping. I was such a non-bride. I couldn't even fathom, I couldn't fathom wearing a real dress. I couldn't fathom shopping for a real dress. I asked, um, I don't know if anyone watched Project Runway, but oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Chloe Dow, who won second season, was a friend of mine from New York. So I, and her sister specifically, or one of her seven sisters is a really good friend of mine and was working for her. So I was coordinating with her, like, will Chloe just make me a dress? Like, I'd rather just pay Chloe to make me a dress than deal with anything else so she's like go look on the website see what you like and we can kind of go from there so I looked on the website and there was something that we could work with and I was like I really like this style and they were like oh she just custom made this for some for somebody else with you know a large chest like you and because I wasn't going to fit like off the sample, you know, of it, I, I would want more coverage, you know, than that. And um, she can definitely adjust the pattern. So the next time Chloe and I were in New York at the same time, she took my measurements and then she sent me the dress and I tried it on and we made a few adjustments. I sent it back. She sent it back again. Like we were good to go. And that was my entire wedding dress shopping. Um, and the red satin Alberta Freddy dress was something that I had, was a super amazing dress I had bought for a different event and actually had worn once already. And I was like, I love this dress so much. This is one of the best dresses I've ever had. Pretty much nobody saw it. I'm just going to wear it again. And I was done. I bought some expensive hair accessories and some shoes and like, other than that, that's it. Oh, I love that. I love when you get to rewear something that fits and feels really comfortable and you feel confident in it. Yeah. You'll yeah. have to send us pictures. Yes. I will. I will. We actually had um, a picture. I have to find it. We had a picture in Chicago Social Magazine of us outside the synagogue um, 
from our wedding planner, I think, planted that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, so actually, so our whole wedding story, though, was interesting because we we had what we called our wedding in D.C., and then we had what we did for the families in Chicago. So in D.C., we actually got married by a Supreme Court justice at the Supreme Court with 19 of our closest friends and family in attendance. And then we did a champagne toast there. And then we hopped in taxis and went over to, if anyone remembers, D.C. Coast, the restaurant. And they had this library room and we did a private dinner there. Um, we were able to let a few more people in for the dinner. <laughs> and it was, I changed for the dinner because I didn't, that's when I wore the red dress. I didn't want anything to happen to the white dress because I knew I had to wear it again. <laughs> um, and that was absolutely perfect. And we, to this day, call that our wedding. Like that was what I wanted exactly. It was absolute perfection nothing went wrong it was everything i wanted all i needed it was amazing and then what we did in chicago was what we needed to do for the family and i'm still very conflicted about the whole thing <laughs> this day and it's been 10 years it's crazy that i still feel that way um but i know we did the right thing because it was for our families. The religious ceremony was beautiful. Um, and I, it's like, you know, but there are things you have to do in life that aren't what you, that aren't for you. And we, yeah. we just had to do it. And, but it was hard for me because it was a lot more people. And it was literally, it was a one big party that my in-laws threw that was a beautiful, wonderful party. And then the next day we did a religious ceremony and a dessert reception afterwards, you know, as a way to keep it smaller. But it was so, I mean, like I get so worked up. I mean, it was like, like to blackout this. Like, I can't even tell you how nerve wracking and horrible it was for me with all the people. It was just so hard for me. And it's, I just, I can still remember. Um, we actually had a family member pass away that morning and so afterwards, like everybody was like, we've got to get out of here and you have to go here and you have to do this. And I mean, it was, it was just nuts. And um, so part of me wishes Awful. we could. I know, I know it's horrible. And so part of me wishes we could have just had what we had for us with the 19 people and I would have been good. And that would have been it. But life is not always just what you need. It's also what other people need. And I know it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Sometimes I, we have to compromise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I want to switch over to Kyle and ask about your engagement. Yes. Um, so I met Jack in college. We both went to AU Up the Street. Um, we live in Glover Park now, so it's like a mile from us. <laughs> we haven't exactly left the area. Um, and I was a sophomore and he was a freshman. And we met at a friend's apartment. Well, we technically met twice, but the first time I was a little drunk because I was college. <laughs> 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 um, 
the second time is what I count for real. It's actually funny. So I just had a virtual bachelorette party this past weekend. And um, they did like a little trivia thing. And they're like, where did Kyle and Jack meet? And they wrote the first place. And I was like, I, and so I was playing along and I wrote the second place. And, and, they were, and I was like, oh, I guess I got that wrong. So I just really don't count that first time. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so he was actually pledging the fraternity that I was the sweetheart of. So um, that was an interesting, like, first six months of knowing each other. So we didn't actually start dating until um, August of the new semester. So I was 20 and he was 19. So we've been together for nine years. Um, and so this, our engagement was kind of, um, it was, you know, a no-brainer. It was long overdue uh, by the time we got engaged last August. So... Uh, we got engaged at the National Arboretum with our dog Daisy in attendance, of course, uh, our pride and joy. <laughs> oh. Yes, and uh, had a little engagement party afterwards at Do Drop In, which is just a dive bar that we love. It's like on the train tracks. Uh, I think it's in like Brooklyn area, but I think I always get that wrong. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so then we have planned our wedding for September 20th of this year. However, uh, we have invited about 70 people, and we were having it at the um, Rockwood Manor in Potomac, and it is the former location for the Girl Scouts. So it's actually like a huge campsite and it has cabins. It's super cute. Have you ever shot weddings there? My best friend got married there. Yeah, I hadn't even. So basically all this started about six months out from my wedding date. I they paid the six month deposit like as all of this was starting. And so all of my planning has pretty much been on hold because it's all just a big question mark. Um, thankfully, so I, I am a party planner like you guys all said, you know, I never thought about my wedding. I think about my wedding a lot, <laughs> but it's not because I love being the center of attention. It's because I'm a party planner. Like I love planning parties. I feel like that's one of my love languages. Like if I'm in your bridal party, I'm going to throw you the best, you know, bridal shower. I'm going to throw you the best uh, uh, bachelorette party because that is how I show my love. I'm like, making sure all the little details are covered. That is my, that is my expertise. So when it came time to do it for myself, I hopped on it. I have done, I really have done everything I needed to do. It's just all the details that have been completely placed on hold ever since March. And so at this current point in time, we still need to tell people that it's probably not happening. And by probably, I mean, we're going to postpone it, but we just don't know what anything is going to look like in terms of we have, we have a plan B, but um, in terms of how many people are allowed to gather, in terms of if we want to serve food, in terms of if people need to wear masks, in terms of if it's going to be 10 people, like literally our parents and siblings, or if it's, we're going to be able to invite our bridal party, we're not 
quite sure what anything is going to be. So that has been very hard for my party planning side because all I want to do is create centerpieces and plan where my first look's going to be and plan my rehearsal dinner and buy my outfit for that, et cetera, et cetera. And I can't do any of that. So I totally get it. I'm not a planner in life, but I totally can understand what you're looking at because I'm dealing with so many clients exactly. who are going through the same thing. Um, it's, yeah, it's the uncertainty that's really difficult, but um, again, at least if everything had to happen quickly, I have a dress. Uh, Unfortunately, I, it came in two days again before all of this started. It came in in March, and so it's just been sitting at the bridal shop. Um, I have Jack, we, Jack, we got Jack fitted for a suit from Suit Supply, a custom suit. That also came in in March, so that's just been sitting there. Um, so we have all the ingredients. We just need to like get them. I even bought some decorations off of Facebook Marketplace recently from everyone who's had to cancel their weddings. So hot tip, there is so many people canceling their weddings and selling their decorations right now that um, they just want them out of their house. So I got candles and vases from that. Um, so I'm ready. It's just a matter of what we're gonna do. But thankfully my parents still live in Annapolis. So they have this gorgeous backyard that's fenced in. And so um, that's our plan B is to just have it in their backyard. They live one block from the water. So we could even have some gorgeous pictures taken on the beach, uh, have the dogs there. That was always the plan. I can't wait to hear it, the episode with the dogs. <laughs> that was always the plan. In fact, the first few venues that we looked at, we were like, yes. We're gonna have we're gonna have our party here. This is amazing. And then they're like, you can't have dogs. And we're like, well, if we can't negotiate that, you're not getting our money because this is like absolute must have dogs. And the good thing about Rockwood is not only dogs can come, but they can even stay there. Um, yeah. They can stay overnight too. So that was like amazing. A plus. Eventually will happen. Eventually. Um, and I can't wait. I'm so glad that you're a part of a wedding there. That's so. Yeah, I, I'll I send you the photos there. So, um, yeah, I'll I'll send you the photos, and yeah. you can see like what they did with the the space and everything. It was really cool. Um, but so like, okay, so are you still going to have like? It sounds like you're still going to have some sort of party then at some point, like reception. Because I mean, with especially with Rockwood, where everyone that is coming can sleep there. Right, right. So it's just like a really cool, like it's set in the woods and it's really close to everything too. It's so I mean, convenient. It's really the best of both worlds and the fact that it's so close to everything. I mean, it's like a 15 minute drive from where we live and yet it's also in the middle of nowhere and it has, you know, hotel style rooms and cabins. It was like, and knocked it out of the park, everything we wanted beyond our wildest dreams. Uh, it's exactly fits us in terms of being out in the wilderness, but we can still have our rehearsals dinner in the city. Like we still have our hotel for the night before in the city. Um, we already booked all of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're thinking, and it's been interesting because I've obviously been talking to a lot of other brides, but we're thinking if we postpone entirely, like still have the party at Rockwood, but not this year, we would still get married on our date because 
again, it's been nine years, so I'm kind of antsy. Um, and, and so even if it was just, you know, our parents, his parents live in Florida, but they would drive up. Um, and our siblings, which his brother and my sister both live in the area. Um, then we would just have a little civil ceremony in their backyard and maybe serve food. <laughs> I love that. I told you before we started the podcast that Poppy did, um, your florist did yeah. that wedding, the, um, elopement, socially distant elopement that I photographed. Yeah. Um, so, you know, she can still do it. And also if you want to see the yeah. photos, she's I can send the first you. person I reached out to because she's a vendor that I know is just going to be like, whatever you want, like, no problem. Like, just tell me, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, come up with a mood board, like, let's talk, like, it's fine. And so I knew that I wouldn't have to worry. And if I was going to do a small party and a bigger party, I would use her for both. Absolutely. Because when I, so the whole way that I chose my wedding vendors is who is going to make this the easiest for me? Like, I, I don't want to do all the research, talking to 10 different people, comparing, you know, all the services I just couldn't deal. And so I went to a like wedding convention type thing at the convention center, wedding expo is the word I'm looking for and met her. Um, and her whole thing was, we are going to make this as easy as possible for you. And I like, called her in the next day and I'm like, okay, that sounds good. Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> especially with something like flowers that, you're expected to know all the different species and variations and colorways and styles that you can do. And, and you can spend thousands of dollars or you can spend $200. And I was like, that's just too overwhelming for me. Just tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah. It's too much information. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you the colors. Like, is that good? <laughs> and her like, whole thing was, okay, click on the pictures that you like. That is how, then we'll just tell you. And I'm like, okay, great. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's so good to hear. Because for those of you who don't know, Poppy's uh, CEO, Cameron Hardesty, was on our podcast last season. And she is just such a lovely human. I got to work with her after the podcast aired um, for a wedding recently. And then this kind of like came full circle. So it's just, it's so awesome to hear that that's your experience. Yes. Yeah. No. And that, and so I, I reached out to her first. I eventually reached out to my venue to see exactly what they were doing. I didn't really want to hear, but they, I've read so many stories about people getting ripped off by their venue, like being stuck in their wedding or, you know, you lose 10 grand or et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, okay, that that's terrifying. But Rockwood has been amazing as well. Can't recommend them enough. Um, there's usually you cannot postpone within six months. Right now you can postpone as long as you don't cancel before the board makes a decision about your date in terms of like what social distancing and what numbers are going to look like. Um, you can move without a penalty. So that was great, great news. Yeah, that's been one of the really big things about the state owned, because um, they're, they're technically park owned, right? Exactly. So um, they, their situation is like, so different from everybody else, like, who has to scramble to maybe take care of their employees that they are of trying course. not to lay off and whatever. Yeah. And 
but and it's I mean, not that I don't understand why people have to keep the deposits. It's just like a, a crappy situation for everyone involved, you know? So it was really hard at first because I was like, okay, I'm working with a blank slate. I can do whatever I want. And then I'm like, oh crap, I can do whatever I want. Like, this is dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I, yeah, I had to research vendors for like furniture, um, which was a huge, like, uh, undertaking yeah well like it was we but me and my fiance butted heads a lot because he was like why do we need furniture that's so (laughs) why do you need a couch and I'm like my dad is not gonna stand the whole time or sit in like a uncomfortable chair the whole time I want like comfortable lounge seating I want like an (laughs) ambiance and uh so, so we eventually got furniture you know we got the we had caterers, we were just doing um, like a local restaurant. We weren't going to do like a whole catered event. So that also is a lot easier in terms of COVID cancellations. Um, Cause they didn't even know, like our orders are not even in yet. <laughs> so they don't even know we exist yet. Um, and yeah, alcohol, you can bring your own booze. And so that was really exciting in terms of planning all of the, different like his and her cocktails and all the trendy things these days (laughs) (laughs) i love it well it sounds like you have a great day planned lonnie it sounds like you had a fantastic day and it sounds like you guys have like well you ladies not you guys um have such a cool experience as colleagues and business owners and you know humans like it just it's it's really, I'm really glad that I got to have this, that Christina and I got to have this positive conversation. That This was the highlight of my week for sure. Well, this was super fun talking with you <laughs> as well. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for joining us on The Wedding Dish today. This was so much fun. I'm so glad we got to highlight your business and we got to hear about your wedding plans and your wedding that you had. Um, and keep us updated, please, on your wedding as it progresses. Um, I'm sure our listeners would love to hear what the plans are, obviously to see the photos if you don't mind sharing them. Um, that would be fantastic. Yes, my fiance is in charge of the next step of letting everyone know that it's likely to be postponed. So we'll see when that actually happens. <laughs> <laughs> I, I checked out, so we'll see. <laughs> well, thank you so much for everyone that tuned into the wedding dish today. Um, brought to you over full service radio, normally at the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, D.C., but you know, COVID 19 life. <laughs> We'll put it on the list for after to meet you there for a drink. Yes, we will happily meet you for a drink. And you can bring the dogs and the kids if you want. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Hopefully they'll be in school one day. (laughs) (laughs) That's the goal is to meet everyone that we didn't get to actually meet at the line when we're finished at brothers and sisters and have drinks together and laugh really loud and reminisce about all the things. Yes, that would be amazing. We'll be there. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, um, thank you all for tuning in. We are 
super excited to get back to the real normal life, not the temporary new normal. And um, be sure to check out Real Lifestyle. And can you just tell us what your Instagram handles are? I know I tagged you, but just to make sure everyone listening can stay up to date and everything with you too. Sure. Lonnie. Um, Lonnie's is L-A-N-I, Lonnie, and then Real Lifestyle. And mine is Kyle. And A-N-N Dunkey. Perfect. So you all can stay up to date with them. Um, I'm super excited about that because I we've been, and we have been posting some things that we will definitely be posting some more because we did take a little bit of a break from social media for about a week and a half. Um, and also stay up to date with Christina, my lovely guest co-host, who looks very excited she's getting mentioned at <laughs> Sprout Creative LA. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Christina. Thank you for co-hosting with us. Um, and everyone, thank you for tuning into The Wedding Dish. And hopefully we'll be back at the line soon. And we'll catch you all next week. Bye.